We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to another uncontested post-game podcast. You can find our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I am Justin at OKC Tracker. Thanks for following along tonight as the Thunder beat the Utah Jazz 122-113. It's the first time the Thunder faced the Jazz since they bounced him from the playoffs last season. I'm sure we're all very familiar with how that series went. Uh, one man in particular, I think, did some did some damage tonight to help avenge what went on in that series last year, and that man is Paul Clifton Anthony George. On the ESPN documentary that ran this summer when Paul George was entering free agency, he referenced, you know, he felt like there was some unfinished business with the Thunder, and he specifically referenced the way that Utah Jazz series finished. The Thunder lost in Utah in Game 6, and Paul George had a flat, terrible game in that game. He had five points off two of 16 shooting and six turnovers. And really, if you think back to that series, kind of the images that stick out in my mind is Joe Ingles talking noise in Paul George's ear all series long. George had some good games and Ingles didn't necessarily blow him out of the water with his stats, but it was clear that that man uh, got inside Paul George's head in a place that he shouldn't be, you know, he looks like an off-brand Macklemore or uh, the dad that wanders into the YMCA on the weekends and tries to get in on a pickup game. In no universe should he have confidence against a player like Paul George. So really, when it comes down to it, I think PG had some things to prove tonight. I think he hadn't stopped thinking about that game. I think a lot of Thunder players hadn't stopped thinking about that series And when you look at what Paul George did tonight, I think it's safe to say that he kind of exercised some demons. He he got his revenge against the Jazz tonight. Paul George, this stat line sounds fake. 31 points 
8 of 10 shooting, 5 of 6 from 3. He also tacked on 3 assists, 3 rebounds, 4 steals, just for good measure. But really, everything he was doing on the floor tonight was unbelievable. He was playing stellar defense. He was a plus 17 in 31 minutes, or in 30 minutes, excuse me. Uh, he was all over the place. He was facilitating. He was making unbelievable shots. There was at one point he threw up a three-pointer and got fouled, and I think everybody in the arena just assumed it was going to go in because that was the kind of night it was for Paul George. I don't think even myself playing 2K uh, on easy can put up these kind of numbers like we saw from Paul George tonight. Like I mentioned, I think after the series against Utah in the playoffs, I think he had some, some proving to do to himself. Uh, You put this next to the game that we saw from him against Brooklyn the other night, his kind of third quarter takeover. And I think we've really seen a new ceiling for Paul George that we haven't seen before in his time with the Thunder. He's doing things that we've seen him do in Indiana, but we really hadn't seen from OKC PG up to this point. I think he's he's feeling more comfortable. He's feeling more in his groove. But also, he's a pretty streaky player. I know Taylor's mentioned this on some of our podcasts before, but he definitely uh, struggles with consistency. His highs are really high, but his lows can be low. Uh, He has the tendency to come out and light the world on fire one game and kind of disappear the next. But I think what's encouraging is we've seen a handful of good games from Paul in a row now. And if we can get anything like what we saw tonight, the Thunder aren't going to lose many games where Paul George shoots 80% from the field. That's just a fact. Outside of PG just going off on the Jazz, I think the most encouraging thing for me tonight that we saw out of the Thunder was the Thunder defense. Uh, The Jazz did end up with 113 points, but 38 of those were in the fourth quarter after the Thunder kind of let their foot off the gas. That number is not really indicative of what the Thunder D really put on the floor all game tonight. Uh, After what we saw against Brooklyn and Chicago, some really lackadaisical defense. You know, the Thunder had come in. They still are the number one defense in the NBA. And what we saw them put on on display against Chicago and Brooklyn was really disappointing. There was a lack of effort. They were switching on screens. They weren't closing out well, leaving guys open from three. Really lazy defense, kind of more typical of what we saw out of OKC last season and not really what we've seen them put forth this season. Well, the good news is tonight, I think the Thunder kind of returned to form. They really shut down the Jazz. The Jazz haven't been playing great, uh, but they held the Jazz to 27% from three, which is fantastic. Uh, They forced 20 turnovers. They got 23 points off turnovers. They did a really nice job of disrupting passing lanes. Uh, Noel had some really big blocks on the inside. Steven Adams did a good job uh, defending the paint as well. And when you have guys like Rudy Gobert who can dunk it without leaving the ground, I mean, that guy's shooting 70% on the season. And you hold them to, to only 13 points, I think, I think that feels like a win for the Thunder defense. But generally... They, they struggle to find easy shots to make open shots. So when you play good defense, what that does is open up easy scoring on the offensive end. And the Thunder were able to unlock some more easy baskets tonight. They had 20 fast break points. Compare, compare that to Utah, who only had nine fast break points tonight. So when the Thunder can lock in on the defensive end, it really helps their offense by opening up those easy baskets in transition and helps them overcome some of their lack of, you know, spot-up shooters or kind of dead eyes from three that a lot of other teams in the NBA have right now. 
one of the areas where the Thunder defense looked vastly improved tonight compared to the Brooklyn and the Chicago games was three-point perimeter defense. Like I mentioned, they held the Jazz to a low shooting percentage, but when you look down at some of these specific players, a guy like Joe Ingles shot 0 of 2, Ricky Rubio 0 of 3, Donovan Mitchell was probably their best at 3 of 8, but then you have a guy like... Kyle Korver, who shot one of seven. Those are some pretty solid, reliable three-point shooters. Outside of Rubio, he's pretty streaky. But other than that, those guys are able to knock down threes pretty consistently. And the Thunder did a great job of closing out and ensuring that they weren't getting easy shots, they weren't getting open looks on the perimeter, which is something that we've seen them do most of the season outside of a handful of games. Another guy that impressed me tonight was Steven Adams. Steven finished with 22 points off 7 of 13 field goals, 8 of 10 from the free throw line, and 7 rebounds in just 29 minutes. I love seeing them feed Steven early and often, but I also love seeing them feed Steven uh, late in the game. They have a tendency, this team does, to go at Steven very intentionally to start the game, and he'll have a good first quarter or something like that, and he kind of trickles off throughout the game. I thought they did a really nice job of consistently feeding him in the paint all the way from start to finish against Utah's solid bigs like Gobert and Favors and really letting Steve go to work. He didn't shy away from contact. He didn't shy away from uh, post-up moves. He had a couple nice uh, turnarounds and some solid footwork. He also got some beautiful assists, uh, like one from Russell Westbrook late in the fourth quarter, I believe it was, where he had this nasty bounce pass to Steven for a wide-open dunk. It's just great to see the Thunder consistently utilize Steven Adams to get them easy buckets, because anytime he puts up a shot, it looks like an easy bucket. And I think that's one of the biggest areas of development that we've seen out of Steven recently, especially this season, is his ability to put up a shot and score. It doesn't matter if he's right next to the basket or if he's farther out almost all the way to the free throw line. He can score pretty consistently. He's developed a nice floater. I think he's added some tools to his arsenal that make him a really versatile scorer that he wasn't necessarily early on in his career. One of the other stats that stands out to me looking at this game was the Thunder shot 39 free throws, which is a season high for them. There are a lot of whistles because I think the Jazz shot 30 free throws, so there's plenty of free throws to go around. But what that tells me is the Thunder were being aggressive against the Jazz bigs. Gobert had to sit pretty early with five fouls. He seemed pretty frustrated, got himself a technical. He didn't knock any water bottles off the scores table this time, but you could tell he was a little bit fed up with the whistles. And that's what the Thunder have to do against these teams that do have that interior defender is they've got to go at them. They've got to be aggressive, and I felt like everybody did that tonight with the exception of Russell Westbrook, which I'll get to in a minute. But before we talk, Russ, I want to talk about Schroeder. Schroeder played a fantastic game. He put in 23 points, 9 of 17 shooting. He was 4 of 4 from the line, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. I thought he did a really nice job coming off the bench and keeping the same energy that the Thunder had been playing with in the starting unit. He kept the pace fast, which is what you have to do against the Jazz. I think one of the reasons the Jazz don't have the record that they did last year. One of the reasons they've been struggling is because of the faster pace across the league this year. When the Jazz are at their best, it's when they're slowing things down. They're getting set on defense. They're letting Gobert lock down the lane. Everybody's finding their man. 
and then they can defend really well. It's when you catch them in transition, not so much. Gobert is not the quickest guy up and down the floor. So if you can catch him and get to the basket before he gets set, you're either going to get an easy basket or you're going to draw a foul like the Thunder did tonight. Similarly, on the offensive end, the Jazz are at their best when they're running their sets, when they're getting in their plays. Uh, they can they can do a lot of things well. They make good passes. They find open shooters. If you're forcing them to play fast and really push the tempo, that's when they start to make mistakes. That's when they start to put up bad shots. And the Thunder did a great job of doing that for most of the game tonight. So like I mentioned, I want to talk about Russ. He had a triple-double. It's his third straight. Yet somehow I feel like he's played bad in all three of those games. Uh, tonight, he had 12 points, 11 boards, 10 assists. He was a plus 15. You look at those raw numbers, and it all sounds great. And then you look over, and you see 4 of 18 shooting, 0 of 5 from 3. And I think that's what we saw from Russ is just not the best shot selection. He wasn't driving to the basket. He was settling for a lot of long jumpers. He was settling for a lot of early shot clock jumpers. He just didn't look to be the aggressor tonight. And it was it was such a stark contrast because the rest of the Thunder seemed to be really aggressive at driving to the basket. I just talked about Schroeder. He did a great job of, of getting to the rim a number of the time, a number of times. Paul George was obviously very aggressive. Jeremy Grant was aggressive. Steven Adams was aggressive. I think you saw it across the board, but for whatever reason, Russell Westbrook seemed a little bit passive. He tried to turn it on late in the game. I don't know if he was looking for the triple-double or really just trying to find his shot, but they kept him in pretty late, much later than any of the other starters, and his focus seemed to be on trying to get that shot to fall. He was visibly frustrated most of the night, uh, you know, slapping hands away, scowling which is not unusual for us uh throwing the ball and you could tell it it centered around his shot so i don't know if tonight's going to be another game where he hangs around the peak and shoots for two hours or if he's going to head up to the practice facility or what but it's pretty clear something's up with russ uh with his shot i think a little bit of it is still that ankle injury i think it's probably still nagging a little bit i think that takes away some of his explosiveness some of his burst that he normally has if you if you have a pain in your ankle that's obviously gonna tone things down a bit and i think when russ doesn't have that full explosiveness he doesn't feel comfortable attacking the basket and trying to rip the rim off the backboard like he usually does and i think that's what we've seen from russ in the last few games Nevertheless, it was a great win. Uh, the Thunder avenged their playoff foes from last season. I think it, it says so much about the growth of this team that on a night where Russell doesn't play great, they can still come in and whoop a team, get a great game from Paul George, and it can be a really nice win. You don't have to have Russ be a superstar every night, and I think that speaks to the depth of this team, the development of this team, um, such a far cry from where they were last season when they faced the Jazz in the playoffs, where if Russ missed a beat at all, it put the Thunder in a big hole. We just don't have that same balance on the roster this year where we need him to be the focal point like we did last season. Upcoming schedule, the Thunder face the Pelicans in New Orleans on Wednesday. Then they turn right around for a tough back-to-back. They're at Denver on Friday, then at home versus the Los Angeles Clippers on Saturday. 
Uh, it's great for the Thunder to get a win in the beginning of this kind of tough four-game stretch that they have this week. I think they're going to be challenged in each of these next three games. We talked a lot about you know going at a, a dominant big man in the post. They're going to have to do that again against the Pelicans and the Nuggets. And then as we know, the Clippers have been playing really well. They've been a challenge both times the Thunder played them so far this season. I don't expect Saturday night to be any different, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. The Thunder are going to have to continue to stay locked in on defense. They're going to continue to have to be aggressive on the offensive end and get great scoring outputs from guys like Paul George, Stephen Adams, and Jeremy Grant. And then hopefully Russell Westbrook can find his footing and become the Russell Westbrook that we saw from him earlier this season, which was playing at a fantastic level. I think that'll do it tonight. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned, you can find our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and our website, theuncontestedsports.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Follow me on Twitter at OKCTracker. And we'll see you back here for Wednesday after the Pelicans game. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.